0: just a child floating out into a great big world and i'm sure was meant for much stronger men than me
1: man that song golly that's the jam yeah it's my favorite that's the jam i love sad song
2: sad song's amazing. Um, that that song like made so much sense the first time I heard it. Just like, whoa, yeah. just what, are you talking to me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to Wayfinder Podcast. Hey everybody, yeah, it's Adam and JC here. We love you guys, and uh, it's good to be joining you. Thanks for tuning in. Um, that song was called "Just a Child." It's by some good friends of ours and uh, a wonderful, amazing, conscious group of dudes that make amazing music. Uh, Sat song. You can check them out. That's off their Pyramids record. Mm-hmm. Um, which has got an opening track by the, uh, the famous Uncle Joe. It's that Uncle Joe? That's Uncle Joe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. I know. And he, uh, th- the, the way they open that record, it's like the first track is just like giving, it's Uncle Joe giving a monologue and he says, I love this, he says, oh the fool who builds fast and high those towers of isolation, for it's the wise that build slow and wide the foundations of community so awesome. It's awesome stuff, man. And that's really what sad song is all about. You know, I think sad song is a Sanskrit word or something like that, or a Hindi word that means like a community of people like th- that come together, you know, in mm-hmm. love or something. It's sort of like the Hawaiian word, uh, Ohana, which I think is more, f- it's a family thing. Um, it's a big loving sort of communal setting or whatever, but, uh, it was
2: fitting. You pulled that out. Um, when we do our, our yearly gathering, when we get the tribe together, we do our friends giving yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. all our loved ones. And, and, uh, Kind of our our you know grace before we yeah before we dived into this food, but it it was perfect for the setting. It's all the loved ones that we wanted to be with celebrating, and, and it was, it's our community.
1: So. Yeah, that's that's it. So thank you, Drew, and all the guys for that song. It's a it's a, just a beautiful song, and it's super relevant to what we're going to talk about today. Um, I might mention that Drew is going to be coming down. I don't know if we'll get the rest of the guys, but we're going to shoot a podcast with Drew. Uh, sometime this winter, we're not sure yet. He's up in Montana, and so he's like wanting to get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah, <laughs> come, come with, to Texas where, come. It's,
2: where it's warmer. Yeah, come, maybe,
1: maybe. Um, it's yeah, six it's, degrees Celsius outside right yeah. now. Is, are we doing things in Celsius now?
2: I'm, I'm working on using in, integrating. I want to learn the metric system <laughs> Me better, too. so I just gotta practice. We'll it. probably
1: all be. We should be on metric by now. Yeah, there's. I don't know how many people are not on metric, but there's not many of us left. Mm-hmm. Well. Drew will be down here whenever the Celsius number gets low enough. Yeah. And whenever that is. I don't know. Maybe January. I'm not sure. Uh, but that'll be a great show, and we'll get him to do uh, do some songs for us and get to tell him how much we appreciate what he's doing. So if you guys don't already have um, their new record, Culture, uh, it came out a few months back. It's awesome. Go check them fucking, out That
2: Spotify and everywhere else. Yeah, they You they're can everywhere. stream and then uh, go to their website. I'm sure they've got merch there. You can get yourself an album. Yeah. Um, it's Every track yeah, is they're, great. They're fucking fire. All of them, so... All of them. Do yourself a favor.
1: Yeah, good people, good music. Um, you know, we need more good music in our lives. You know, a lot of people ask uh, ask me, like, what kind of music I listen to. Mm-hmm. Like, people from the Instagram and stuff, you know, who don't know. And um, it's crazy. Like, when we, we turn them on to Trevor Hall and Sad Song and... Um,
2: well what kind of music is
1: that? you know yeah, what kind of music <laughs> is that? Well, just trust me, just fucking go get it yeah. just go download it if you're if you you know if you're interested in this podcast and in the message that we uh that we try to you know focus on and orient our lives around, then you're gonna enjoy that song you're gonna enjoy trevor hall Nako, um. Uh, who else do we got? We got Paul. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my God. Paul Isaac. Yeah. Um, yeah Paul's. There's, there's many of them, but we, we
2: throw those four. That's our Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it <laughs> really this, is this genre of music that we we have yet to really define. You yeah. Know,
1: they, I mean, because we talked about this before, but like, if if you are if you like if you like Trevor Hall, you'll also like Satsang and Nako and Paul Isaac.
2: But they don't sound anything. They don't alike. sound
1: anything alike <laughs> at all. But you're going to enjoy the music because it's like what what's appealing about that music is is uh, it's below the surface anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not just a surface level. Oh, I like this beat. I like this whatever. There's a deeper sort of spiritual uh, appeal to that to that music, and that's that's really what people enjoy about it. And so that's why you can enjoy Satsong, Trevor Hall, Nako, Paul Isaac, you know, Amber Lily, Tubby Love, all these different things all totally different mm-hmm. but they but what really i think appeals to people is what's missing in society it's this beautiful music that brings people together and that talks about community and talks about conscious living and talks about treating people with with uh, with love and unity instead of this sort of difference and suspicion that we have um it's that bob marley message you yeah. know but it's 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 packaged in all these different beautiful ways and it's i think it's wholesome man it's, yeah. it's
2: good for you you get done with that song and you feel feel good you know i mean everybody sings about love breakups falling in love falling out of love but this is a different kind of love a lot of ways it's just loving in general yeah the message there is is so powerful and strong and subtle at the same time it's vulnerable yeah and they they are very vulnerable with what they're singing
1: about. yes that song in particular you know drew um you know when they write music it's uh it's coming from a place of vulnerability but it's, it's, it's a really strong vulnerability. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm strong. I can get through this. I am getting through this or I have gotten through this, but let me just bare my soul and lay out all of the, the flaws and the, you know, the, the abuse and the traumas and all these different things. And it's just fucking, it's great because it's the opposite of what is happening in, in mainstream music. Yeah. You know, there's no vulnerability. There's no authenticity. It's, it's it's diametrically the opposite thing.
2: Yeah, it's like they have some sort of uh, algorithmic pulse of what's hot, or the beat, (laughs) or the tone, or the rhythm, especially when it's super produced and top 100 hits and stuff, you know.
1: Well, no one wants to feel vulnerable, and so it's like artificial sugar. It sells, you know. People like that artificial high. They they want to get that momentary that that, that oh, super yeah. sweet thing.
2: Everybody sees that meme where it's like a, a guy in a car, a cartoon. I forget what it's pulled from. Maybe Ricky and Morty, and it's like me listening to gangster rap music on my way to oh, my yeah. nine to five office job. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um it's different. I, the best quote I've ever heard was Scott and Seth Avett talking about how they're not great songwriters. They just got really good at reading their diaries on stage. Yeah, you know, it's it is coming from that place of vulnerability it's yeah reveal. the the Avett brothers
1: there's a yeah there's a there's a whole different kind of um uh musical group right there the Abbott brothers if yep. you guys aren't doing that jc introduced me to those guys just a few months ago they have a documentary on hbo that everyone in the fucking world should watch yeah. called may it last <laughs> it's amazing and if you're into music especially if you're into folk music or bluegrass or roots music or any of that other stuff um these guys are like this sort of appalachian brotherhood from um West, or South Carolina, mm-hmm. and uh, Scott and Seth Avett, A-V-E-T-T, and uh, they're, like, the hottest shit out, like, that you've never heard of. Yeah, um, yeah. They're- sell out Madison Square Garden, sell out Red Rocks for an entire weekend.
2: Yeah, they do three shows in a row sold out at Red Rocks
1: every year. Yeah, that's, and that's bananas. Um, of course, Red Rocks, if you don't know, is, like, one of the most beautiful if not the most beautiful concert venue in the country. I
2: would have to say it is. I've never been to the Gorge. I hear that one's you know, oh, yeah. rivals Red Rocks, uh, but
1: Yeah. have we been to Red Rocks. Yeah, and we haven't seen the Gorge yet. We we have been to Red Rocks. We uh we took the family to Red Rocks back in July. July? Yeah, and saw Trevor Hall and not go there. What a fucking bananas concert that was. It's a wild, wild yeah. time. Music's a big part of our life. It's a big part of this podcast. It's a big part of what we do. We're musicians and um, you know, we we love artists here uh, on this podcast. JC and I both. We love artists. We love painters. Um, you know, sketch artists. Whatever you are, but but writing music, you know, and, and and creating music, playing music has always been a big part of our lives. So uh, you'll he- you'll hear a lot of this. We don't do this on every podcast, but this. Um, this in particular, uh, we're really stoked about because the message that we had today is sort of about parenting. It's about childhood. It's about vulnerability. It's about self acceptance and acceptance of childhood vulnerability, uh, both within yourself and with, uh, your kids. Yeah. Right. And so that song, um, it's perfect. It's perfect for the message that we got. Today.
2: And, and to be fair on this subject, we're talking about children and stuff. If you're not a parent, this is still insightful because totally. you can reflect on your childhood That's and exactly. your parents' parenting style as well as, you know, if you are a parent and how you're parenting and we're not giving any sort of instructions <laughs> or, or anything no. like that. But it is a fascinating conversation. There's, there's a lot of things to unpack that have been, you know, instrumental Yeah, uh, in well, our lives. I mean,
1: who who grew up with perfect parents? You think, know, yeah. Which of which of which among us, hearing this message right now or, or speaking this message, grew up with perfect parents? I mean, I, I I've yet to meet that person, mm-hmm. and I've actually got this hypothesis that that if even if you did have the perfect parents, that they would it would be a flawed experience because you wouldn't be exposed to imperfection. That's very true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought about this. I was talking to my mom. My mom, you know, uh, being the big, loving, wonderful empath that she is, big-hearted, um, loving empath that she is, always feels like she did a poor job as a parent, you know, because she was so so flawed. And I'm like, man, but if you didn't have the particular flaws that you did, if you and dad were totally perfect, then I would have grown up with, with no exposure to imperfection, which would have left me ill-prepared for an imperfect world, Right. Um, but instead, you you know, you guided me by the ultimate right brain principle of of love and openness and acceptance. My mom's like pure right brain, yeah. right? My dad was like hard work, discipline, responsibility. So I got this perfect balance of right and left brain, um, and they got along most of the time. I mean, really, they did. Uh, and then they would fight, you know. And sometimes they'd have yeah. stupid bickering matches, and sometimes they'd argue really hardcore, you know. <laughs> Um, and so I kind of got a full range of that, um, but but you can't have the perfect parents, because even if they were perfect, they w- it would be, it would be inherently imperfect because you'd be flawed in that sense. Yeah um, so really, the perfect parents are the ones who are just imperfect enough to guide you by the right principles and leave you with the fewest traumas or the least amount of trauma <laughs> yeah. possible. yeah which my parents did, you know, uh, left me with with uh, a very low amount of trauma. I've come to find out as I'm helping other people with their parenting and with uh with their upbringing and their childhood traumas as I do and um I'm finding that I was I was really blessed in that regard. Yeah, I'm
2: finding that out about you too. <laughs> 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 what? Not, not,
0: that All makes right. that makes one of us.
2: <laughs> my my parents are great, but they were they were deeply flawed and you know, and figuring it out. And as becoming a parent, I've learned to give my parents more of a pass on things. Yeah. That I harbored resentment. Well, that's
1: the thing too. Adult, that's you know. the thing too, is, is those traumas create problems in our lives. When we're raised with traumas, they create problems in our lives as young adults. And then that, that those problems there, as we grow and mature in young adulthood, um, we begin to reflect on those traumas and imperfections, and then we harbor resentment for mm-hmm. our parents. And so the next step of that growth in, into adulthood is, to, to learn to grow out of that resentment by accepting and understanding that, which, again, acceptance and understanding is a right brain you know, principle. Uh, we just dig into that left brain even more. We just stay closed-minded and judgmental, and we just keep hating our parents. Mm-hmm. A lot of people walk around with fucked-up relationships with their parents because they never work out of that. So hopefully this message helps someone figure some of the shit out. This is the point of what we're doing. Uh, let me read you guys the... Um, The post, the Instagram post. Let's
2: set this up. Uh, um, We're going to pull in a little bit new of a a new format here.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, So what we are going to do here going forward, we've been talking about it the last couple weeks. You guys have heard this. We've been doing a lot of work on the content here on the platform and how we're delivering the content. Uh, And one of the things we really want to do, we've gotten this kind of request from people, is we want to read questions that you guys send us. We want to read comments that you guys send us, mm-hmm. feedback, um, any interesting ideas. And so to to pull you guys into the podcast, I think it's a really cool thing to do.
2: Well, it's all about community. It's all know.
1: about community anyway, right? This is just one great big ohana, yeah, one big song.
2: If it's not for the people that are watching and listening, then this is just me and you.
1: Yeah. And full disclosure, in real time, um, we didn't have permission to play that song in the intro until just now, and I texted Drew right before we started, and he said yes. Awesome. All right. So. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Drew. Thank you, Drew. All right, let me just send him. A thank you. Yeah. Um,
2: jump into uh, on Instagram the Wayfinder Podcast um, and and oh yeah, we have jump an into the DMs and and uh, send questions Slide send things. Comment on post uh, Comment on the YouTube videos If you want to know more or you want us to expand Or you have questions And we um, We read all of that stuff We get involved with And <laughs> we, we try to it. respond I mean yeah it's, it's it's awesome That's what we're doing it for And so uh, We want to make this A little bit more interactive And so we're going to do More podcasts more frequently And we're going to need the, the You know community of followers to uh, to help guide us through some of these, because we want to get everybody involved.
1: Well, yeah, we want it to be relevant. I mean, we don't just want to come up here and yak about shit that we're interested in. We want we want uh, we're, the audience, you guys are the reason why we're here. And, um, you know, it's it's through helping other people find their way, the way that we're constantly trying to find our own way and help each other and help our families and our kids and our friends and our tribe and then our, our extended soul family around the world that we, we communicate through the platform like... We, we, this has got to be one big fluid conversation between all of us. And so I think that this is a great step uh, in doing that is taking your questions, your comments. And then in, in some cases like today, building an entire, really building an entire show around a post that was made on Instagram that I made um, that came from a quote that someone had that turned into this uh, really interesting conversation. Back and
2: forth on, on the, on the post. Yeah. I like it. Social media is too easy to interact.
1: Um, we're not too
2: busy to be on there, uh, you know, listening, talking and interacting. So we're going to bring that to this platform here in these podcasts.
1: Yep. All right. So here, so I made this, I made this post on Instagram and, um, I I really thought that this would be the kind of thing that like a hundred percent of people would be like, Oh, this is a really cool post. I like this. This is insightful, but it was like 80% of people were really on board with this and they were like, this is beautiful. I'm going to implement this in my own parenting style and all this stuff. Thank you so much. 80% of the people, there was a huge number, like twenty percent, that was like, "You're out of your fucking mind," and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, you mean
2: you posted something on the internet and, it, <laughs> and people were it not was happy? Oh, I no. know.
1: I can't believe it, man. I thought the internet was supposed to unanimously agree with me at all times. So it, anyway, so this is um, this says so often, children are punished for being human. They're not allowed to have grumpy moods, bad days, disrespectful tones, or bad attitudes. Yet we adults have them all the time. None of us are perfect. We must stop holding our children to a higher standard of perfection than we can attain ourselves. That's from Rebecca Ains or Eans, E A N E S. Okay. So essentially, kids get grumpy and we bitch at them, and yet we do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we hold them to a higher standard than we hold ourselves. It's very true. So, you know, my, my thought on that is that uh, we, oh, this is weird. Oh, okay. I thought I was on Instagram. I was like, how come it's not pulling up my, my comment below? It was it's in my photos. Anyway, um, we, uh, man, kids, I was bad about this for really the first 10 years of, of my oldest son's life, you know, and he's, uh, he's almost 14 now. He's getting close to, whew, getting close to 14. Jeez. Jesus, man. Jeez. Uh, wearing my clothes and stuff. But for the first 10 years of his life, like, I didn't know any better. So I just, I was very reactive. So whenever he, uh, you know, whenever he he was grumpy or having a bad day, or he was, you know had a had a tone, some kind of a disrespectful tone, I was like, motherfucker, yeah, don't come at me like that. Know your fucking place, child. Yeah, you got it good. You're a kid. You don't have. I, you don't yeah, have all the things Speak I have to worry about. to spoken you know, to, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean.
2: You know, I know what that's like. Yeah.
1: And uh, I never thought of that as abusive or um, uh, traumatic or whatever. But you know, I've talked about this a lot on this show. My first big dose of mushrooms four years ago changed all that. It was like, bro, it's fucking traumatic. (laughs) You know what I mean? You can't do that. You can't do that. You gotta let the kids talk. You gotta let you know. Here's, it's an if-then. Like, if you do this, then their response is gonna be this. There's, there's a, there's a, a a cause and an effect Mm -hmm. that happened there. And, you know, just not letting a kid express that they're having a bad day, not letting a kid just blow off steam a little bit, you know, and that's not to say. So I should point out the controversy that came with this quote. Yes. The, yes. Yes, the yes. Controversy in the comments. A lot of people were, like I said, 80 percent of the people were like, this is beautiful. You know, I can learn a lot from this. And myself, obviously, I posted it because it hit home for me.
2: Absolutely, that's it. Hits you with that truth bomb, and then you gotta you gotta put it out there for yeah. other people to grow from too.
1: Yeah, because by by, by no means um, was I lacking discipline in the lives of my children uh, for ten years. It was very much the opposite, right? The pendulum swung too far the other way. So I should point out, just as we're always sort of drawing parallels to these um, different sort of uh, esoteric models, uh, way the hermetic model of, of looking at things. The left brain is closed-minded and judgmental. The right brain is warm and open and accepting mm-hmm. and understanding, right? So I was very left-brained in my approach to parenting, like I was everything else in life. So it was like very calculating, very formulaic, very, um, you know, very closed to any other new way of doing things. Very impatient, right? So just there wasn't a lot of right-braining going on in my life. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you constantly just don't let your kids be heard and you don't let them express themselves even in those little little things like just having a bad day you know it's like well dad well fuck you know? <laughs> don't let him cuss at you and yell at you but like dad I'm, I'm having a bad day no kid, first of all i've never heard of a kid telling their parent they had a bad day right it's not like they just come home and go i'm having a really rough day will you give me a break dad mm-hmm. they don't know to do that yeah. They don't know to even categorize days into good days, bad days. Here's how I handle a good day or a bad day. You got to teach them that
2: they're learning what the difference is and and processing and their their language of communication is limited to whatever age they're at. Yeah, and, yeah, so.
1: they, and they could even have someone that's uh, mean to them on a, on the playground or something that impacts them in a way, and they may not even really remember that thing consciously two hours later, but it's still doing work. Yeah, it's there. It's affecting. It's affecting them. You know. I saw a, a quote that, that hit me really really fucking hard a few weeks ago and it was like kids don't know how to come home and tell you they're having a bad day it comes out like will you play with me mm-hmm. you know and it's like oh shit okay you know it's probably a lot of times my son wanted to play with me in the first 10 years of his life and I'm like hey dad's working fuck yep. off yep. you know yep. um, now I, I, I can say I don't do that. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll catch myself do it for a half second and I'm like, Whoa, no, 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 no. Fuck that. I'll fucking throw my computer across the room and go jump on the trampoline or mm-hmm. do whatever. Mm-hmm. Go draw with chi- sidewalk chalk out there. And yeah. Make the sidewalk.
2: I've gotten better. If I'm in a situation where I really can't step away, my delivery method is yeah. like, I will, but you've got to, I've got to handle this. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's Vers- a thing too. snapping, which is a, a normal response or a way that I, de- you know, started my parents think you know yeah your patience and your tolerance grows yeah so
1: uh. and and it is a delivery sometimes too Mm -hmm. because like you know i'll even tell my kids like, hey, i can't do this right now but listen you're my fucking priority you're the most important thing in the world to me um this thing has to get done so that i can take care of you guys it's work i'm on a call it's seeing an email or whatever but i'll tell you what as soon as i'm done with this we're gonna go play and i'm gonna play with you an extra 15 minutes for making you fucking wait is that cool Yeah, you know, like, and just make them laugh. And kids can take an an
2: explanation like that. A lot of people won't think, you know, over-explain a situation to the five or six-year-old kid, but they get it. They understand more than you. You you might be talking a little bit of circles around them, but the fact that you're taking that much time to explain a situation instead of just "I can't right now," yeah, it's so much more
1: impactful. Take the time to explain to them, just like you would to to um, your boss at work, right? Your boss wants you to do something. You're like, "I can't right now."
2: You, you wouldn't say, yeah, you wouldn't, wouldn't
1: fly. It wouldn't fly. It wouldn't be acceptable. Well, why wouldn't it be acceptable? Because they deserve an explanation as to why, because you have a role in their lives that they need to be fulfilled and they need to know why you're not fulfilling that role. Mm-hmm. Now, the reasoning for why they need to know that about you may not be the same between your boss and your kids, but they both need that explanation so that they can have peace of mind. Cause at yep. the end of the day, it's about giving this, giving your child, uh, love and stability and safety and support and, 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 um, And and education, Mm -hmm. you know, knowledge about how to be a human because they're a tiny human trying to be a big one.
2: When you can check yourself in that moment, too, if you can't explain a a justification as to why you can't do that thing right then. Yeah. Ask yourself why you can't do that. thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, is it just because you don't want to because you're allowed not to want to do something. But are you. Are you where is where is the line of selfishness and then parenting and and also having your own me time and all of that it's it's all yeah, about finding that
1: balance it is and, and i think for me again um, you know just meditating and you know t- taking other steps in my in my my spiritual growth to to reflect on where that where, where that midgard is where is that that middle line between mm-hmm. selfishness and giving of yourself. Again, this is right brain versus left brain. The left brain is selfish, the right brain's giving. You know, um, sometimes on on certain meditative practices or whatever, I might start thinking, oh man, I've really been ignoring my kids. I'm not spending enough time with them or whatever, and that's my first sort of attack, my psychic attack on myself. You're not good enough. You're not trying hard enough. You're not a good dad. You're you're slipping back into old ways, and that all just comes in, and then I, start analyzing the reality of what's actually being done. And I go, Well, you know, um, you, you you've spent all these evenings with your kids. Uh during that time you guys have done A, B, C, D activities together, you know, you've watched some shows they wanted to watch. You've played Pokemon cards with them. You've drawn on the sidewalk with chalk. You play basketball with them, you jumped on the trampoline with them. Um, you're reading books with them, you're praying with them. What are you not doing right? Mm-hmm. And then I go, ha, 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 you almost got me, the fucking bad parenting demon. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you face that demon, and then you face reality, and then you go, no, I'm doing a good job, you know, take taking uh, taking some time to myself at the end of the night or, or a couple times a week to, you know, go, go walk around outside, go sit by the pond or go for a drive or, you know, um, just kicking them off the fucking TV so I can, you know, maybe just sit and zone out and fucking play playstation for for 30 minutes while they're taking showers like that's okay it's okay to do that
2: well it's important
1: yeah it's it's important
2: important. we we, we've had this conversation and it's it's very much worth being said here and this is where you're at in your balance in your life what harmony that you can bring between balancing all of your social obligations and then your family obligations and then your mental and spiritual health affects how you parent
1: oh it's 100% gonna spiral out if you're grinding
2: through life and you're just in a rough time a lot of times you find yourself as a parent grinding that out too you know you're just not doing everything you can but you're out of whack you know and then you have to you have to it starts with you you know everything that's going on inside of you and in your life and in your head and in your practices throughout the day are going to bleed over into your family's lives yeah you know and a lot a lot of times you can go back and look at um you know when you were a kid what were your parents going through that night that you got, you know, hollered and screamed at? And you, yeah. you still remember getting yelled at and you're like, I don't know why he just flew off the handle at me. You don't, you probably don't know what was going on yeah. in the adult world that that you weren't operating in. It's just yeah. Dad came home from work and was just a total tea bag all the time. Well, yeah. you, you know, who, who knows what who was knows going what on. He's
1: dealing with. Yeah. But this is, you know, why it's it's so important to know that this is, you know, part of a bigger conversation and a bigger um a bigger project in life is, is to, is to work, to, to find balance and maintain balance in your life, excuse me, um, at your job, in your relationship with your, your spouse, or your significant other, or whatever, you know, because your kids, like you said, um, you don't know why your dad flew off the handle last year or whatever. You don't know what he dealt with at work, but it's like, we really need to take seriously, um, the, the, the reality that it's more important to be a stable, happy parent than it is to be a parent who gets your kids to video games, who has, you know, who lives in the great big house. It's like a lot of us are working jobs. I, I did for a long time. Mm-hmm. Working jobs that, that suck the, the life and the soul out of you so that you can provide, you can put your spouse in a Lexus or you can put yourself in a nice home with your kids so you can get your kids the nice clothes and nice shoes. Um, I can, you know, state from experience that you're you going to be infinitely happier if you if you get out of that fucking situation, and you um you start doing something that uh where you, where you don't come home like that, mm-hmm. you don't come home delivering that trauma to your kids because you're really just passing on trauma. You're dealing with trauma at work, and you're passing that, that shit's rolling right downhill onto your kids, and they don't have any fucking. First of all, it's not their fault, um, but they have no coping skills to to, to deal with it. And that's where childhood trauma happens, Yep. and it's just from adults who are fucking imbalanced. And that's really what, obviously, what this show is all about at, at its core is helping people to find their way to balance. It's you know finding your way to balance is what we're doing. So, um, that's a left right brain balance. That's a work life balance. Mm-hmm. That's a family versus self balance. Well, um,
2: when I see I see a lot of people and parents, and and just for the listeners because nobody would know this. Uh, I have a very, very extensive background with children. Um, I worked in childcare for almost 10 years. Um, so I. I Whole sp- family is in childcare. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke the language. I mean, and then the balance that I was four years right out of high school was military, you know, and then I immediately <laughs> got out of the military and went into, um, you know, teaching uh, kids. I did that for a better part of 10 years. Um, so I, I do have insight and experience of watching kids grow. I mean, I, I have kids that come up to me now and I'm walking around a grocery store and they're 20 something years old and they have yeah. kids, you know, it's wild, but Mr. JC. Yeah. yeah, Who the uh, fuck are you? I'm like, yeah, give me, give me, help me out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of kids in the Rolodex, but I see a lot of, um, parenting from a place of perspective. They want their kids to appear a certain yeah, way. Yeah. And I was raised in that, you know, and it's maybe your kid isn't, you know, behaving in a way that you would want them to behave in a situation. Cause you're trying to impress the people that are there. You know, you want your kids to dress and act a certain way. Well, they're their own person. And there's a, a discord and a disconnect that I see a lot of adults make when raising kids As to, I want them to be this model of a certain type. Well, that kid's, they're, they're individuals, yeah. you know, and as soon as you can accept that that kid is that a whole separate person from you, yeah, you may have made it, you might be raising it. They're, they're an individual and they're going to beat to their own drum. And you just have to find that acceptance, and that that helps a lot of barriers break down in the parenting thing, and you can be more accepting of the individuality of the kid and not that they're not doing what you think they should be doing.
1: Right, right. I think a lot of that comes from just being preoccupied by the culture that we're in, Exactly, So it's like, I really want to look good in these certain ways, you know? It's like, as a parent, like, I really want to go buy my... My, my rapidly growing eight-year-old boy a $75 shirt from this store.
2: Yeah, he needs Jordans. Yeah, you know, you know gonna what I mean? He's going to grow
1: out of them in six months. Yeah, six weeks six, in, yeah, my, in my case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my 14-year-old grows an inch every time he lays down for an hour and a half. Um, but yeah, doing these things, it, it puts you into a different mind state and it puts you into a different life situation where it's like, you know, man, I need this much money to survive, so I got to do this job. And it's like, well how much money do you really need to really to, you know, what kind of sacrifices are we making of ourselves of our spiritual health and well-being, and our emotional mental health, which is all sort of spiritual, you know, what kinds of sacrifices are we making? How much of ourselves are we chipping away so that we can provide materially in areas that maybe we don't really need to, Mm -hmm. you know, because I know, like I said, for the first 10 years of my kid's life, it was uh, a lot of 80 hour, 90 hour work weeks and a lot of coming home stressed, you know, developing alopecia. My hair was falling out at 25, 26, 27 years old. Patches in my beard and stuff, you know. Um, and just having no, you know, taking Adderall every day to, to, to sit there and, and, you know, and work on spreadsheets and documents and all kinds of shit. Just the worst thing you can imagine. Caught in the rat race. Yeah, man. All in. And uh, and had a really a very little relationship with my kids. Of course, my littlest was too little, but, you know, my oldest... Uh, who now, over the last four years, we, we've spent the last four years developing an incredible relationship, and it all started with me, um, you know, having that mushroom trip, realizing a lot of things needed to change, and then sitting my kids down and going, hey, uh, about these last 10 years. We should talk. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, have I got a story for you guys. Um, but this is, you know, what we're talking about in the, in, in this post, What what people... What people were upset about when I made that post was like, dude, you can't just raise your kids like that. you got to put them in line. you got to make sure that, they, that you know, they don't throw temper tantrums. You don't let them get out of control. This world's full of out-of-control kids that don't have any discipline and all this. Hey, we're on the same page, man. Mm-hmm. I get it. This world is definitely occupied by a bunch of kids that are out of control. Um, my point is that it's the kids who haven't been heard that are the problem right yeah and 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 their problems come from out of balance parenting they weren't heard these kids weren't heard. you know it was like throw a temper tantrum shut the fuck up go to your room play video game yep let's do that what I'm saying is let that kid let your kid um, be upset to it to to the same degree that it should be acceptable for you to be upset right if it's not not acceptable for you to lay on the ground and scream at your boss and throw your, throw a temper tantrum. Don't let your kids do it. Right. Jordan Peterson said, um, don't let your kids act in such a way that makes you not like them. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I agree with that to the extent that you're balanced enough to have a good understanding of who, who to like and who not to, you know, you might be out of balance so much that, um, you might not like your kid because they're doing something, but really, it's just because it's reflecting on a bunch of shit that you got on your own plate.
2: Oh, a hundred percent on that. It's a mirror. It's a know? mirror. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Everybody's a fucking mirror of you, especially your kids, especially your kids. So I agree with what Peterson said to that extent or within those parameters. Like as long as you're a balanced enough person, that your judgment of who you like and who you don't like is a good, healthy judgment, because a lot of parents are walking around resenting their kids for things that they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know. But let them be heard. They pop off at you instead of just being a dick and pulling rank and getting on a power trip. Go, hey, 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 hey! What's going on? What's up? Mm-hmm. I'll do that. I'll grab my fucking kids. Whoa! I'll grab whoa, my, whoa. yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You know, it's I'll I'll, I'll grab my kids. And I'll I am like, Groot. Yeah. <laughs> <Like>, hey! <laughs> yeah. wait. Hey! Watch your language. Um, but yeah, you know, one of my kids pops off, and it doesn't happen often. My kids are pretty fucking balanced for the most part. They, they 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 do good, and I think a lot of that is is because we do have sort of the openness that we do at the house. I'll get in their ass, I'll yes. get in their ass yeah. big time, as you know.
2: But if you're not going to that as your default response, that's it. Then when you need to pull out the rank card, when you need to shut it down, that's it. You're not overusing that every day. Every day they pop off and whoa, we don't do that when you when if you just come to them at a place of understanding, you get inside of their head, you talk to them about what's going on, you work through it that way. When you need to, when they're, you're in the middle of the mall and they're flopping on the floor or whatever, and you're like, we're not doing this right now. Mm-hmm. You don't do that all the time. It's yeah. not the, your auto response. They go, oh.
1: Most of the time, all kids are different, but most of
2: the time they're going to go, oh, this is serious.
1: Well, it's such a good point. Um, I didn't think about that part of it. But, yeah, it's, it's if you're not having to, like I, I got all up in my oldest one the other day, right? He just consistently wasn't doing his homework because he's like me you mm-hmm. know all right brain putting it off but yeah 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 you do it, it. and I, I i've been there when i a as a kid as an adult i started taking adderall at 20 years old and got into the corporate world and then developed a really crazy left brain mm-hmm. you know a really fucking powerful structured organized regimented really effective problem-solving robotic left brain yeah right very strong and for the next 15 years that's kind of how i operated you know 12 years um but as a, as a child Coming from my mom, um, I was all right brain. You know, it was like art and music and and really not a lot of structure, fucking deadlines, calendars. What is that? Yeah, you know? I, re- I remember you. Yeah, <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we do go that far back. Um, so my 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 thirteen year old is is sort of that way, and he's like, I'm like, man, you're not doing your fucking schoolwork. Like, what's the deal? Oh, I don't know. I'm just not doing it. And so I I I had this uh, this conversation with his mother, and I was like, hey, look. we've tried all these things nothing's working so i I don't know what else to do here is i'm going to have to kind of crack down i'm going to posture on him pretty fucking hard the next time this becomes a thing and i'm just letting you know it's not coming from a place of reactivity it's not coming from me losing my cool i've thought about i've thought about this i don't really want to do this we've had these discussions nothing you do or i do works so is that cool with you i'm just going to posture on him and 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 just sort of give him give him a jolt Mm -hmm. and so that happened and he was like he just totally didn't do his fucking work and it was just it was just a habit it was just he was not doing it and so i did you know and i kind of just like hey i've been fucking cool about this but i'm not being cool anymore you're gonna fail or you're gonna you're not gonna do as well as you could and you're so much smarter than this and and i think that's the key too is like uh maybe you know in a previous life i wouldn't have taken the I wouldn't have the self-awareness to do things like this, but it's important not to tell your kids they're stupid. It's not—it's important to tell them, even in moments when you're getting onto them, that you love them and that they're smart and that they're capable. And so um, I'll, I'll give my kid these shit sandwiches, you know, and I'll try not to laugh when I'm doing it because I'm trying to jump in his ass and be serious about it. But I'm like, look, man, you're fucking smart and I love you and you're amazing, but you, you do these things because you don't care and, you're, you know, you're not you're not doing your best and you're just cheating yourself. And I wish you fucking wouldn't do it, you know, and kind of raised my voice a little bit and I postured and, you know, and it made such an impact. It was like two or three weeks ago and now every single day for the first time in ever because I've never really done that. We're getting homework done. Oh, fuck. We get home. <laughs> we got home from jujitsu the last two nights at like 815. He's like dinner, shower, homework. I don't say a word. He's like, oh, gotta do my homework, and he goes in there and fucking works on his homework. I'm awesome. Like, you know, but it, it, it took sort of that posturing, but it's, you know, um, I'll go through these waves, and maybe as a parent, you know, maybe other people have seen this too, where I get really kind of laid back, and it's not out of negligence, it's because I try to give my kids as much rope as I can. Mm-hmm. I want them to be self-sustaining. and
2: I like operating from that space as well. Right,
1: right, so I'll do that, and then I feel like we kind of hit a, we hit a boundary, you know, and all of a sudden I see the boundaries getting pushed and getting stepped over and getting cr- cracked into. And I'm like, all right, let's reel you in. And there's usually some resistance pulling them back. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of got to get a little bit more, hey, hey, dude, do, do your fucking job. <laughs> you know, let's exactly, let's, let's, yeah. let's, get, let's get back in line. And then that pulls them back over. And, uh, and we, so we just kind of go, th- go through that. And when you're operating from a place of balance as a parent, that's a lot easier to do. And when you're not, like you said, by default, going to that, um, that, that hyper-aggressive posturing place. Yeah, dictator role. <laughs> the di- when you're not di- yeah, be, being, the, being the dictator to your kids, uh, they're, they're learning how to handle things themselves. They're learning that you don't have to be hyper-reactive and aggressive every time there's a problem. They're learning how to have cordial conversation. And then whenever I do have to really posture on them, I'm explaining, hey, look. I don't like doing this. Mm-hmm. I've tried this conversation on Tuesday, this conversation last week, and the last time you fucked up, we had this conversation. You see, all the times I've tried to nudge you back on the track, and then you don't respond to any of that. It seems like the, you're you are you teach people how to treat you, right? I've always said that you teach people how to treat you, and so I tell my kids that I'm like you're teaching me that the only thing that you respond to is is a more aggressive, more in your face sort of sort of reaction. Like, let's have a better relationship. Than that, mm-hmm. right? You know, and I'll, I'll even pull out that conversation from four years ago and say, "Look, four years ago, we sat down and had this conversation. We agreed to have a new kind of relationship where you guys have an active role in providing me input on my parenting, and I am subject to, um, you know, to uh, to your criticism, um, and, and your views and your you know your experience as a child. It's important, and you don't get any backlash from me when you tell me how my parenting is going, and I adjust." I am telling you the same thing in return right now. You're fucking up, you're not letting my suggestions and my, my, my loving nudges here and there, you're, you're not responding to that. Mm-hmm. So you're putting us both in a situation where we have to have this uncomfortable conversation because at the end of the day, you're not taking responsibility um, for the things that you need to. And my kids, if you ask them what the definition of responsibility is, you know they'll tell you. It's doing what you know you should without being told to. Mm-hmm. That's what responsibility is. And when they fuck up, that's usually one of the first things I'll ask them.
2: Well, that's a great, it's a great opportunity that I, I I use this with my kid all the time. Is when I get to that point where I have to step in or take it that different route and have that conversation. You know, I have to explain to her I have a responsibility to you as your parent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there's there's I can only do it this way for so long until all of a sudden my obligations to raise you and provide you with the tools you need when you're an adult to function. That we're getting to that threshold where I, I can't have as much leeway I've really got this is where this is important that's and exactly you it. need to focus right now I'm now being forced due to my obligation as your parent yeah 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 and I explain it to her yeah know? I'm like look I do the same thing so it's it's important and and I don't always do that and when I do it best is when I am in balance, and I'm aligned, and I've got my focus and my priorities straight, you know. And then all of a sudden, I can tackle those situations because I am just as guilty of just flying off the handle or ignoring or not paying attention and not really seeing the forest for the trees of what's really going on. I just see a reaction to a behavior, you know, not really what's the root cause of, of that behavior. Where is so that
1: coming from? Explain to your kids what's going on, explain to them. Mm-hmm. Like, your perspective your perspective and just say like you know here's here's what i'm seeing from you here's here's what your behavior has been here's what i've tried to do to curb that behavior because i have a responsibility as your parent and i fucking love you like more than anything you don't get it but you will Mm -hmm. i do a lot okay yeah i'm trying to do this a certain way and you're not responding to that what can we do what can we do you know If you got a manipulative kid, they're gonna give you some bullshit answer. (laughs) Be aware of that. Yeah. But what can we do to make this relationship better? And let them know, like that's one of the big things that I did, especially with my older one, but even my little one gets it, is like just to tell them, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to have a relationship with you. You're my kid and I love you. How can we have a better relationship? Because I've got certain responsibilities. I've I've gotta keep a roof over your head. I gotta keep you fed. I gotta get you to school because you don't drive. I gotta do all these things. but I also need to, to be able to, to love you and to, and to engage with you uh, in a way that, that, you can, that you can relate and engage back. So how can I do that? Yeah. You know, you tell me. And, and make that, that's, what, that's what, what it means to have a relationship with your kids instead of just parenting, you know, just sort of dictating to them what their life is gonna be. And you'll create a whole different kind of child. I mean, you'll, you'll grow a whole different kind of seed. You know, you'll create a whole different kind of child, a whole different kind of adult out of that kind of soil, versus either a shutting them down whenever they throw temper tantrums or whenever they're upset or they're they're angry or they're a little disrespectful or impatient with you, because God knows what they dealt with it, you know, at the fucking indoctrination factory that day, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they're dealing with their own stuff just like we are. We shouldn't hold them to a higher standard than us because they don't have any of the coping skills that we do to deal with the, the the challenges that they're dealing with. I think as parents too, a lot of it is that we tend to think like we can think sometimes like these kids you know they have everything it's so easy to be a kid like you don't have to pay bills you don't have any of that but it's like everything's relative bro you know first time you broke up with a girlfriend at like 10 years old it was the end of the fucking world you know you get divorced at 30 and it's like it's it's the same thing (laughs) you know what i mean it's it's all relative it's peaks and valleys oh yeah and uh just be compassionate and be understanding of that have a relationship with your kids, explain things to them. I think parents are fucking terrified to sit down and have conversations with their kids. Mm-hmm. And we do anything we can to distract, to create distractions, whether it's turning the TV on while we eat, you know, and we do this, like we'll, we'll eat in front of the TV and watch um, Netflix and stuff. Uh, but something that we've become more and more conscious of over the last few years is like, we certainly don't do it all the time. And we make sure that we have dining room nights where we eat in the dining room or sitting there sitting there nothing
2: but the community of the people that yeah. are there you in, know.
1: in in there and having a formal sit-down dinner and there's also times where we'll all eat in the kitchen because we have a breakfast table you know in the kitchen mm-hmm. and, and the island in the middle you know um and so like last night it was it was fucking great man um you know we had tacos and we just uh, or quesadillas or whatever we and we just set in the um we were we were cooking veggie quesadillas right so we're right there on the stove and we just sat in there at the island and at the breakfast table, no t v on and we just sat in there and and had conversation and just joked and talked about the day and it was less formal than going into the dining room, but it wasn't um just this total distracted t v watching um mm-hmm. setting of being in the living room. It was an in between it was really nice
2: that's my favorite place. you've been I to my it. house I have couches in my kitchen, yeah. because <laughs> that's where you hang out at my house
1: i and I love that you know I think you know it's uh, maybe it's uh it's not been often that we've done that. We've only been in this house for like a year and a half, yeah. um, not even a year and a half, a little over a year. And so our old house, we didn't really have the ability to, it wasn't set up maybe in that way. Yeah, the
2: open floor plan wasn't, wasn't yeah. working for you. Yeah, at all yeah, there. yeah. It was closed off.
1: Yeah, but this is a lot better. And so like, if you have the ability to, to, uh, to engage your kids, I mean, set, set up, set up uh, scenarios or, or, or settings where you, you, you have these communal um, uh, opportunities with your kids. You know, to sit there and have conversations about the day. You know, one of the things is, like, I get into the habit of sometimes, uh particularly used to get in the habit of asking my kid, like, how's your day? It's like this regimented thing. They get in the car after school. and say, how was your day? Did you do it? Did you learn anything? I get good. That's all I ever, yeah. it's yeah. all I ever,
2: I, well, well, can you give me a little more? Give me a uh, little, it little was, more. It was good. Give was me great. some substance. Well, yeah, recess was fun.
1: You got to, look, kids know when they're being fucking interviewed. And they're, they're they're used to these robotic this robotic questionnaire from mom and dad when they get in the car after school, and so that's why it's important to create settings where uh, your kids can chit chat mm-hmm. with you, where they can small talk. You know, my kids a lot of times it'll be eight o'clock at night. We've we've spent five hours together after school. They haven't said shit. You know, no matter how much you try to pull it out of them, and then like we'll finally go chill on the couch or whatever and. Then they start remembering things about their day, you know, or we'll be in the kitchen having dinner, you know, sitting around and they're loose and they just got out of the shower and, you know, they're in their PJs and they're like, yeah, you know, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about something this kid said at school? You know, of course, my oldest is always asking science questions and stuff. My Mm -hmm. youngest one's got quiet um, for five seconds. You go, hey,
2: dad. (laughs) And then you get you get something like, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do this fun thing when I pick up my daughter because I did the same thing. How was your day? Good. Well, give me more. What'd you learn about? What'd you talk about? I can't really remember. Well, what'd you eat for lunch? You know, and it is. It's this interview. It says, I'm trying to get some semblance because I care. But to her, it's annoying. So yeah. now, we get in the car. Radio's on. We just drive. Hey, you know, I'm not ignoring her. Mm-hmm. But I wait till she talks to me, right? She's the one who initiates conversation. And then I know where her head's at. Is it at. Is it at the after school thing that she was doing? Is it... Is it a question that she's been pondering all day? It gives me insight as to where she is when she's the one. Yeah. You know, you have a good day? Yeah. Okay.
1: Dude. Now we're driving. That, so that brings up like a really big point Um, I, I totally didn't think about when we started doing this at all. But like, so my uh, my grandma passed away, I think like a year and a half ago. And um, it's my mom's mom. And she was so much fun when I was growing up. And I, like when I look back, one of the fondest memories I have of her was riding in her in her car when I was little, um, uh, and she would let me play my music, and mm-hmm. I would share my music with her. Oh, check this out! Check this out, Grandma. And she's like, "Ah, oh, this is cool. You know, it's fucking punk rock. It's like rancid. This is bad religion." Bad religion. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma's like, "What?" You're like,
2: uh, "Uh." Grandma's
1: like, "Yeah, this is this is really cool. <laughs> I I really it's I like the beat, you know." And he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck the Christians, Grandma. Sorry about that." Yeah. Um. But, uh. I don't really think fuck the Christians, by the way, but that, you know, (laughs) if you ever heard bad religion, that's what you're getting. Yeah. So my point is, is that grandma didn't give a shit. She just wanted me to have my music so that, you know, we could play it and have a good time. And, um, my kids have introduced me to like Imagine Dragons, 21 Pilots, um, Lucas Graham, um, even Fallout Boy, which they've been around for a long time, but like, Mm -hmm. I certainly never would have listened to Fallout Boy, uh, without my kids. But um, you know, we uh, a friend of ours, you know, uh, EJ from the Freedom Faction podcast, he, he he told me something when he was here visiting, and he said, anytime a friend wants to share music with you, always listen to it because they're trying to express something to you that they can't do in their own words. Mm-hmm. And that was huge to me, and we talked about that a lot. And it's always in my mind when someone oh, it's beautiful wants to play me music. But your kids will want to share their music with you, and when I grew up you know, my grandma would let me do that. Right. So I didn't see grandma that much when I was growing up, but like she always let me play whatever kind of music I wanted. My dad, on the other hand, it was, it was oldies all the fucking time. And Johnny cash, which thank God for my dad and his music selection. And definitely (laughs) I was exposed to a lot of cool music, but, um, the idea that I was ever going to touch his radio was out of the fucking question. Mm -hmm. My dad certainly never heard my music unless he was kicking in the door to my bedroom to tell me to turn it down, which did happen. Mm Um, so, uh, not saying one way or another is the right way, but there are different ways of doing it. And, you know, letting your kids share their music with you is a really big thing. Um, But going back to the, you know, the music from, uh, from the intro and, and just what we've been talking about also bring music into your kids' lives. That's nourishing and uplifting and positive because they're, I mean, fortunately the kids these days, like, my kids at least the music that they, they they play for me and when i look at their playlists on their phones it's all fucking good music it's all good music it's not the garbage that's out there which i think constitutes probably 90% of the music out there is mm-hmm. fucking terrible demonic music nowadays um but the, it, it is Imagine Dragons which are fucking awesome like they're really good uplifting music you know and they're very talented and um but i try to give them like they love sat they love trevor hall they love naco Uh, They love Paul Isaac. And, you know, think about when you're walking around your house, you're singing music, you're singing songs, right? You're singing Christmas songs around Christmas time or whatever. We're always singing songs. Humans are musical people. And so as parents, I think it's super important to give your kids beautiful music to sing in their little heads, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when you've got... Satsang and Trevor Hall and Paul Isaac and Nako and all these guys and you hear your kids walking around singing about love and unity and all this stuff and it's like this is the kind of of imagery and these are the kinds of landscapes that I want in my kids heads when they're walking around and this is the kind of landscapes inside the kinds of minds that that you want to have if you want to create a better more beautiful world Mm -hmm. you know so listen to their music but again in terms of getting yourself in balance put good music into your life that you can then share back to them yeah you know these kids may not want to flock to trevor hall um or knock or one of these guys because it's 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 a different kind of music if you know it you know it if you don't check it out you'll like it but it's different kids aren't going to flock to trevor hall and just jam it on repeat maybe on their own because their friends aren't listening to it it's not on the radio all the time Mm -hmm. they're not going to go hunt that down
2: you know uh uh, my daughter was uh (laughs) doing cheerleading when we signed up they um they sent us out. Oh, it's softball, and they had a speaker in the dugout, and they would, you know, in between plays or when they were battered, new batter was coming out, they would play like a you know, turn the radio up and yeah. be certain songs. And they the coach said, "Everybody submit, you know, have your kid say what song they want to like have, and we'll make a playlist. And have like twelve songs we'll cycle through." <laughs> and so my kid's like, "Can we do Obsidian by Trevor Hall?" And I was like, <laughs> "It's not really gonna, it's not hype music for a softball game." And she's like but why not and i was like ah oh, just think of something different and so we had to go through so many songs before it was appropriate for for the setting that yeah. that was you know but
1: yeah not not just any kids going to get into that but if you as a parent sort of you know play that for them and explain to them you point out the uh, the enriching aspects of that music and explain what some of it means and and in doing so educate yourself on it and and really get yourself into the the idea behind that music kids get fucking they get into it yeah, you know, and they
2: pay attention. They pay attention. They they it. understand it. Um, there's uh, the uh, not going to get into it, but the which wolf were you feeding, and the two wolves inside of you. And, yeah. and uh, my kid was uh, a few years back having a lot of trouble at school, getting angry. Yeah, and pulling, you know, just kind of getting angry, you know. And so I taught her about the two wolves, and she was just like, "Dad, I am not into this. I don't
1: want to hear this." <laughs> and
2: shit. so it was. I mean, months and months later, when we were listening to a Trevor song, and he drops, "Which wolf were you feeding?" And she lit up, and she looked at me, and she goes, is he talking about the two wolves? And I said, yeah. And she goes, he knows about that? And I was like, I didn't make it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. And you could see her. I didn't go any further. I didn't push it back on her. But you could see her thinking about it. Yeah. Going, oh, okay. But she picked up just one quick line and in, in several words, you know, and she picked up on that, and that lesson pinged.
1: There's messaging in it. You know, yeah. it's meaningful music. It's meaningful music, giving kids beautiful melodies to sing instead of garbage to run around singing or mm-hmm. chanting you know or whatever polluting their little spirits you know yeah but old get, town
2: road is great but there's other things out yeah
1: there and old town road is great too right it's a great benign song mm-hmm. right I don't, I don't i've never i don't even know the words to it but it's like, not really benign oh it's not okay <laughs> Some
2: things in there but
1: well i guess so every yeah.
2: kid sings it and we Every parent, especially Americans, have a tolerance for, for top 100 yeah. songs because your kid knows it. They're yeah. going to hear it. And you listen to it and you go, man, I really wish my kid wasn't singing that lyric. But well, it's going over their head for the most part, I hope. Yeah,
1: well, but, you know, it is, but it isn't. It's not going over their subconscious head. No. And that's the key. That's the thing to realize. And when they
2: discover new knowledge, then they have that lyric. Yeah. Right? And then they make that correlation and right.
1: connection. Correct. And then they, then they realize it was embedded in there for all that time. Mm-hmm. So that brings up a really, a really good point. So listen to their music listen to their music, look at their playlists, see what they're doing, enjoy it with them, encourage the nourishing, uplifting music. And in that space where they want to listen to things that are not so nourishing or whatever, maybe just explain to them, this is like super key, explain to them, I mean, that's kind of like the theme of this whole fucking podcast is have a relationship and explain shit to your kids. Mm-hmm. Your line of communication needs to be strong. Strong. Just keep an open, flowing dialogue with your kids. Don't just say, don't listen to that, it's demonic, or don't listen to that, it's bad music, or whatever. Just go, hey, there's which wolf are you feeding? Right? What kinds of thoughts, high, high vibrational or low vibrational, what kinds of thoughts do you think that music is encouraging? And, of course, my kids are so uh interested in in topics of enlightenment and consciousness that you know when we talk about things I'll explain the concept of you know how beats work you know the the boom 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 the rhythm and how that activates the root chakra and how that brings on lower vibrational that activates our lower vibrational selves mm-hmm. you know um how rapid beats uh us to action like punk rock you know it's how it gets you stirred up you listen to rise against or something like that or bad religion and it's you, you mosh pits. You get pumped because it's that fast, rhythmic thing. And so, like especially my my thirteen year old, he gets really into breaking down music, the songs, and picking apart the the negative and positive aspects of it, and then all of how it affects your consciousness. Maybe not every kid is my thirteen year old because my eight year old or my nine year old is not my thirteen year old. But to whatever extent you can have those conversations with your kids and analyze the movies, the shows, the 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 music. Have those conversations with your kids. It's have important. those conversations. It's very important. They'll they'll get. I think they'll get more interested than you might think. You may not think like fuck, man. My kids don't really want to hear about all that stuff. Or maybe fuck, I don't want to have those conversations. Or maybe I don't know how to explain that to them. Well, that's kind of what these conversations are for. Mm-hmm. It's kind of why we have this podcast is to try to. And I forget that sometimes, you know. But really, what we're doing here is <clears throat> not telling you how to parent your kids because we don't fucking know, right? Mm -hmm. Your kid's not like my kid. The kid you're about to have is not like the kid you already got. My kid's not like my other kid. Uh, So we can't tell you how to parent, but what we can tell you is that there are certain actions that you can take, there are certain practices that you can have that that will lead in certain directions at least, general directions. If you communicate with your kids more, if you explain things more, if you have more of an open dialogue with your kids, then generally speaking, they're going to accept themselves more. They're going to appreciate being heard more. They're going to open that relationship with you more. They're going to hide stuff less. They're going to lie less. They're going to feel more valued. These are universals. Mm-hmm. And that's the best I can do is that uh, we well speaking universals. Yes. I want to read this quote from Manly P. Hall. Let's see what we got. Lay it on us. Uh, so Manly P. Hall, if you guys don't know, <clears throat> which I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone listening to this podcast who doesn't know who Manly P. Hall is. I'm not shaming you if you don't.
2: If, I probably at least heard the name. If you haven't, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Look it up.
1: Yeah, Manly P. Hall um, is uh, he's my favorite teacher of all time. You know, a lot of people love Terrence McKenna. I love Terrence McKenna. Um, I respect him a lot for the work that he did with, uh, with psychedelics and stuff, you know, um, and esoteric philosophy He's very well read. Uh, Alan Watts, great philosopher, but really second to none, um, I think the greatest teacher in the history of humanity since Jesus uh, is Manly P. Hall, Manly Palmer Hall. He was uh, was born in like the 1890s or something. He died in the 1980s, 90 something years old. And he went around lecturing on esoteric philosophy and ancient civilizations and um, ancient ideas and religion and mythology and archetypes and stuff. Um, and he, he's just amazing. He wrote, I don't know how many books, but I mean, just tons and tons of books. You can go YouTube him. You can get his books. He wrote a book called The Secret Teachings of All Ages. It's like one of the greatest, most must-read books of all time. Um, that's enough about Manly P. Hall. But here is, here is a, a quote from, uh, from him about the, um, the left and the right brain. And this is a beautiful um, uh, post that we made on Instagram. It's a picture of a left and right hemispheres with a yin and yang Uh, superimposed over it you'll have to go look at it on wayfinder podcast on instagram anyway quote is the two lobes of the cerebrum were called by the ancients cain and abel and have much to do with the legend of the curse of cain which is literally the curse of unbalance for the murder of the spirit of equilibrium cain is sent forth as a wanderer upon the face of the earth The story of Cain and Abel is the story of, of balance and imbalance in the mind. Mm-hmm. And the, the murder of the spirit, the murder of Abel by Cain is the story of, of, of imbalance. And that is what sent Cain wandering into the desert. When we balance our minds, when we balance our energies, the left and the right brain, the masculine and the feminine, when we balance love and fear with caution, you know, and discernment, when we balance uh, total openness and, and naivete with total closed-mindedness, then we find peace. And we stop wandering in the desert. And whenever you find balance within yourself, you find that all your relationships are going to be impacted by that. Mm-hmm. It's going to spiral out into everything that you do, all the relationships and interactions that you have, and most importantly, and relevant to this episode, your kids. Absolutely. I think that's all I got for today, man. It's beautiful. So I enjoyed this very, very much. Dude, this is great. We'll do more of this stuff. Um, you guys, give us feedback on this stuff. Yeah, you know, we. Um, I know not everybody's a parent, but I think that this is this is key for. Like we said, everyone had parents. <laughs> you know, exactly. except for everyone <laughs> fucking everyone Romula- by Romulus and Remus were raised by fucking wolves. I mean, somebody raised you, and you had some sort of experience as a child at some point, right? You weren't pulled fully formed out from underneath a rock at 30 years old. So whatever you can get out of this, give us some feedback on it, share it with anybody else that you want to share it with. Um, I guarantee you, I know this from the tens of thousands of people that follow us on Instagram and social media. There are people out there who need to hear this, who will appreciate this message and who can learn from it um, because we're not the only ones. This is universal shit, you know. Mm-hmm. We could all afford to be better parents, and uh, you know, and share with us some things that you're doing right. Share with us some things that you have done that you've changed in your parenting style. Yeah, I would love some insights. Fuck yeah, we'll it's, take all we yeah, can. Yeah, it's
2: a fluid situation <laughs> being a parent. So, it's if you got a, anything? Let me yeah. let me know what you got.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Give me the good shit, man. We um, yeah, we don't have we don't have answers like we've we've got personal experiences and. I think we've you know, uh for you and I, we've we've been blessed in that we've we've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. We've learned a lot together here, we've learned a lot from our friends, our relationships, our kids, and we but we've had this this tight knit community, this this tribe around us that's uh that's been supportive and we've all grown together.
2: No, we've been presented with the opportunity to yeah. share these things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and we do get the feedback of of all of these people on the the platform and people will send us good ideas and we're like, Oh, I'm gonna try this to try this good idea. Maybe it's a nutrition plan. Maybe it's a workout plan. Maybe it's, you know, some new kind of leg lock in jiu-jitsu. Maybe it's some new parenting thing. Or maybe it's, you know, some new whatever it is. Gardening. You know what I mean? We, we we're uh, cooking. We're always taking in information. And then we apply that. We filter through. See what works for us. And then and then we, we sort of come back and deliver that in, in, into some sort of a packaged form here on the show. Mm-hmm. So it's the circle of life. It's fucking flowing beautiful thing beautiful thing uh you guys are the fucking best we love you and we do this because we want to help make the world a better place and we think that we can do that and we can do that together and um we'd love to hear all the feedback that we can get from you guys um that's what we do here it's, it's, it's just a big community so um go on to wayfinderpodcast.com uh, and you can get access to all of the different platforms that we have the show on. So it's a uh, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Spotify, Google Play. and you can support us on Patreon, which is you know something I don't love pushing because I don't want to just be like hey, give me your money. But like the reality is we do spend a lot of money on the show. Mm-hmm. you know it's, it's, it's personal money that we spend you know on just the equipment, the st- building the studio of it itself. Um, and then flying around, um, we've got cameras and, and equipment and microphones and audio mixers and all the shit that we do, not to mention the time we spend. Uh, and we really do um, do all this because we, we feel like we, we, we have enriching things to share. So if, whether you got a you know, couple dollars a month um, that you could throw at us uh, to help fund this mission so we can make it more of a, of a partnership on the financial side um, or if you just want to send us a nice letter or a comment if you just want to give us some encouragement because that shit it means a lot it means a lot means a man. Lot. just hearing that something landed mm-hmm. hearing that like oh man that one that one thing you said like really hit home and I've been dealing with it got a message from a from a lady the other day and she was like you know I was dealing with a lot of childhood traumas and I realized in that post that you made um, there was a lot of shit that I was holding on to because of my parents shutting me down and, and not letting me have a, an opinion or a voice and so thank you for that post. It made, you know, it, it, makes, sense it, of it makes sense to me. And that's it, the medicine, man. It uh, feels
2: good for you as much as you know this person has this, this wonderful revelation, something good's happening to them. You you get you get to share that energy.
1: Uh, uh, frankly, I I'll take that over money, to be honest with you. I mean, it depends <laughs> <laughs> on how much money. But, like, certainly, you know, if, if, you, if we've ever helped you in any way or we've ever given you any insight, we'd love to hear about it. So we love you guys very much. Um, and, yeah, we've got some, I guess, just real quick, we've got... Uh, uh, podcast coming up with uh, Jeff Sullivan, um, uh, the, the, the amazing visionary artist. Uh, that'll be, I think, uh, early November. He'll be in studio probably two days, and then he and I are flying out to the Mystic Manor uh, for the, uh, the Positive Head podcast and the, um, the optimistic late-night conscious show uh, at the, uh, the Mystic Manor in Malibu, California. Fucking cool place. Go look up the Positive Head podcast and look up the Mystic Manor podcast. Um, Brandon Beacham is the host of that. He's doing a bunch of cool stuff up there, and Jeff's art is going to be displayed up there. And um, he's a good friend of ours. He's like family. So uh, I'm going to go up there and just enjoy that whole communion with a bunch of conscious people. And uh, and we'll we'll see if we can't do some recording up there and do, maybe do an Instagram live while we're there. And uh, try to share as much of that experience with you guys as we can. Absolutely, it's um, going to be great. We got Drew from Sat Song coming up soon. And uh Aaron Alex oh fuck Aaron Alexander from the, the uh the Align Podcast. It's like right around the corner. Oh dude, that's like oh it's like two two weeks or maybe so. so. Two, yeah, two and a half weeks. Yeah. Uh Aaron Alexander, you guys go follow him at the Align Podcast on Instagram. Yeah, you know, he's uh, releasing his book, The Align Method, right before Christmas. And he is an absolute beautiful, wonderful specimen of a human being inside and out. And we're su- super excited to um, to hook up with him. Um we got some other stuff coming up too, but the biggest part is um these, these kinds of messages and these kinds of shows, uh, we're going to be delivering these to you regular and uh, we love doing it. So thank you guys for, for tuning in. Yeah. May the light be upon you. May peace be within you. And may you be a sun on the paths of all men. Peace out, guys. Have a great one.
0: Just a child Floating out into a great big world and I'm sure Was meant for much stronger men than me Try to plan A graceful next move Take a stand I sing out of tune But I curse the waves Head back to shore I have floating too long There's no shore anymore Now I'm man They're telling me that's what I am Like I'm driftwood Cruising and crashing And falling to pieces The ocean that I know Has changed These are the things That pull me apart The pain and the pleasure Strength in my heart Just a man of the water Who don't wanna sail Just a son of a daughter Told she would fail Just a child Just a man Just a child Just a man, just a child Just a man, just a child As the sun, it moves closer Warming my bones Suffocating comfort that we are not alone And my predisposition For fighting the things I can't see Used to sail Well, not very well but I loved my boat, steered it through hell Was forced to leave the ocean, was for my own good Was so much unanswered, so little understood Well, the seasons, they changed, oceans ran dry The boat was renovated and so was I When I returned to the pier, I knew I was now meant for life. All the things that pull me apart The pain and the pleasure Strength in my heart Just a man of the water Who don't want to sail Just a son of a daughter Told she would fail Just Just a child Just a man Just a child Just a man Just a child Just a man Just a child To be just like the sea as I smash my head onto this reef We're pushing and pulling and cutting my sails the drift with me slowly I'm blazing a trail learning to be just like the sea as I smash my head onto this reef We're pushing and pulling and cutting my sails drift with me slowly I'm blazing a trail. All the things that pull me apart The pain and the pleasure strengthen my heart Just a man of the water Don't wanna sail Just a son of a daughter Told she would fail Just a child Just a man Just a child Just a man Just a child Just a man Just a child just a